This is Father Jared Kramer from St. John's Episcopal Church in Grand Haven, Michigan, here with today's edition of Christian Mythbusters, a regular segment I offer to counter some common misconceptions about the Christian faith. Like many of you, I spent much of last week shocked and saddened by what took place in our nation's capital as rioters and insurrectionists who believed the lies told them by our current president about the election charged down the street to the Capitol building, broke past barricades, and for the first time since the War of 1812 occupied that important civic space, even killing a brave Capitol police officer. I was particularly distraught to see some of the rioters carrying signs and Christian emblems, making it seem, perhaps, to those watching that this heinous and violent act had something to do with the Christian faith. Let's be clear, what happened last week on January 6 had nothing to do with Christianity, and those Christians who are planning to repeat that behavior in Washington, D.C. and its state capitals around our nation on January 20th better think very carefully about the sort of witness they're providing to the watching world. Now, I want to be clear, there are times Christians are called to stand up and resist injustice, even to break unjust laws in the name of God's calling to us. But that's not the case with this most recent election. There was nothing stolen. There's been no injustice that's taken place. Over 60 court cases have made it clear that the claims of fraud are baseless and without evidence. But for future information, if you ever do want to resist what you perceive to be an unjust act, this is not how Christians are called to do it. So today I'd like to break the myth of Christian resistance and why that resistance should actually almost always be inherently nonviolent, if it will be the resistance of Christ. One of the unfortunate results of the church becoming the legal religion of the Roman Empire is that the early history and insistence upon Christian nonviolence began to slip away rather quickly. The church lost its way so entirely that in the Middle Ages we sent armies to invade the Holy Land in the misguided Crusades. It feels good, of course, to fight in the name of God. The, the problem is that God very rarely is asking us to fight. But that's not to say God doesn't ask us at times to resist. A great example of this difference is found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew and its cousin in Luke, the Sermon on the Plain, in both of these important texts that contain the preaching of Jesus, our Lord urges us, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. For far too long, this text has been misused. It's been seen as an example of being a doormat and letting people walk all over you. After all, religious leaders have used these words to perpetuate systems of abuse and oppression. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, and so I've actually heard pastors tell women in abusive situations that they should continue to suffer under that abuse, that that's living into the love of Jesus. That's a lot of, mm, I can't say that word on the radio. Remember, throughout all the Gospels, we are told that Jesus has come to turn the world upside down, to bring down systems of oppression, not to perpetuate them, to enable and equip those who are abused to claim the goodness of God that is indeed rightfully theirs. That is what Jesus does. So, when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, what he actually envisions is a person who is struck with a backhand, but then who stands up and looks the person who struck them in the eye, claiming their own humanity, saying that if you want to hit me again, you have to hit me on the other cheek, which would mean using an open hand, because striking someone with the back of your hand in the first century was a sign that you are above them, but to hit someone with an open hand would be to acknowledge that person as your equal. 
It's the same in other parts of the Sermon on the Mount. If someone forces you to go with them one mile, go a second mile, not because you're a doormat, but to show them that you have autonomy, to shame their coercion with your goodness. If someone takes your coat, give them your shirt and walk away naked, making it clear that they can never take away your dignity and your humanity. This is the path of Christian resistance. As Martin Luther King Jr. used to say, we don't seek victory over our oppressors, we seek the salvation and redemption of our oppressors. And the nonviolent way of the cross demonstrates the path to authentic Christian resistance, a resistance that is based in the very real life and death of Jesus himself. Thanks for being with me. To find out more about my parish, you can go to sjegh.com. Until next time, remember, protest like Jesus, love recklessly, and live your faith out in a community that accepts you but also challenges you to be better tomorrow than you are today.